Malaise. Did you see the? Uh, you got the? Uh, you got the email from Jess, right? I did. Yeah, he's. It seems that he and uh, Sherman are challenging us to a to a podcast brawl of some kind. Some sort of hijinks. Yeah, are, are in the offing. I look forward to look forward to them, and I feel I feel ready for them. Yeah, oh feel, yeah, feel up to them. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like uh, like the way I felt while watching while listening to most of the Seahawks Patriots Super Bowl game last night. I heard uh, didn't I heard watch some... the last couple of minutes, so I'm not sure how it turned out, but it looked I... pretty good for the Seahawks when I turned away from it. <laughs> I don't know if you have any further information. I am told that some feelings broke out. Well, it's a it's a thoughtful team. We have some very thoughtful, intelligent, very Seattle players. What do what's uh what's Seattle? Does it, let me ask you: In this day and age, does this does a professional sports team actually have any connection whatsoever to the town it's in? Are any of those people from Seattle? No, not a one. But I think that they uh, uh, learn to adapt to the local. Attitudes, <laughs> you know, like like the, the the players who have to end up dealing with people the most, yeah, um, are dealing with people who are from here, right? If it's a, the media or interviewers, but a lot of them, I mean, a lot of the NFL players um, here, I'm sure it's elsewhere, are um, actually and in, in genuinely involved in lots of at least superficial charities and do a lot of things in the community where they have to encounter a lot of locals. Okay. Um, those locals are usually children dying of cancer. Uh, so I don't know how representative that is of, uh, of a city. But uh, still, I think that they pick up a lot of, of cues of what their, their town is like. So, so. I, uh, uh, I actually spent the Super Bowl uh, with my children at the movies watching in, Into the Woods. <laughs> yeah. I brought my kids to a musical, and that felt appropriately nerdy. Um, Oscar watched some of Into the Woods, and he declared it too scary. It's pretty scary. He also thinks that butter is too spicy. <laughs> or as he says, too picy. <laughs> well, I, um, I'm with him on Into the Woods. I'm with him on Sondheim. <laughs> I, I do not, I'm not on his team about butter. Yeah. Um, but who knows? Maybe uh, one of us will change our mind. Yeah. yeah. Too Pisces. Um, yeah, it's Pisces. It's Pisces, all right. <laughs> <laughs> too Pisces. <laughs> it's too Pisces. <laughs> Is there anybody else at the uh, at the movie theater? No. Do <laughs> <laughs> yourself. No. Well, some uh, some kids came in after uh, after us and uh, immediately lit up a big old joint. And we're mm-hmm. we're getting stoned for for their into the woods, which um, I like to blaze out for their streep. <laughs> <laughs> and who doesn't? <laughs> um, yeah, I I, I, uh, I probably would have if I if I were sharing in the sharing in the love, I, I'm sure I would have um, found it even more scary. Were they smoking uh, one of these new Kush brands, or did they just rely on good old Sophie's Choice? I, I don't know. <laughs> Sophie's Choice <laughs> doesn't that sound like that could be a brand of pot? <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like the it's it's guaranteed to make you super paranoid. 
afraid that you'll have to sacrifice one of your two children to the Nazis. It's a, it's, it's a powerful high, John. It's a very powerful <laughs> high. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Into the Woods was great. I really liked it. Yeah. I know some I like of the things, some, some of the theater purists were complaining about the the CGI beanstalk, but um but uh you know, I liked it. I I thought I thought this I thought the special effects were modest. But I I've been, you know, I I mostly take my kids to superhero movies, so um mm. but they were into it. I uh, Owen was was very Toby was the one who wanted to go. Owen was very reluctant. Um but came around very quickly. Mm-hmm. So. Did you find the music um, irritatingly unresolving? No, I was I was on board with it actually. Um, <laughs> maybe I just like things that don't resolve, Ed. Maybe I'm uh, maybe I'm an ambiguity kind of guy. Maybe you're in the avant garde of American <laughs> letters. <laughs> it could be. It just could be. Speaking how go which, the American letters? How go? How go the letters? The letters are going well. We published uh, our that is the magazine that you and I are editors of. Uh, we published uh, an essay by John Myers. Do you know John Myers? He's a friend of Alice's, I think. I don't believe that I do. Alice, our editor at large, uh, sourced this piece, and it, it's sort of like a, I read it kind of as a as a. Slightly dirty prose villanelle, um, with uh, called Bathhouse, and oh, uh, this was just posted this morning. Just posted, yeah. I, I quite uh, like I it. I haven't had a chance. Haven't had a chance to read it. So yeah, insofar as we of Oki Pankier at the vanguard of um, American mm-hmm. letters, the letters are doing very well. Mm-hmm. My own letters are not doing quite as well. I'm, I'm trying to um, trying to finish a second draft of of this novel and. Um, so, and suddenly, I'm beginning to doubt the, that a certain major theme in it should even be in it, and that if it's not supposed to be in it, then what the hell am I supposed to put there in its place? Or does anything Different need theme. to be in its place? Yeah. Just look at the list of themes and skip down a theme. Put that theme in. Um, yeah, I could. I'll just consult the theme list. The theme. Yeah, look at the theme list and just knock one out. But take the next one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. The theme, the theme. Just spin the theme. Spin the theme. The theme wheel again. <laughs> <laughs> Malays. <laughs> Death of the American Dream. One more time. <laughs> Unbridled lust. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh wait, like no, no, it's ticking back to unctuousness. <laughs> Sorry. D- damn. You almost had unbridled lust, which is five hundred. <laughs> unctuousness is just an oily thirty. <laughs> oh yeah. I I I don't know. I don't know. I, I I'm I I think it's a pretty good. I think it's a pretty good book, but there's there's this there's this thing that that's uh maybe uh gratuitously grim. No, keep it in. Power through, don't doubt yourself. No, I'm not going to in this draft. I'm going to and then I'm going to give it to more people and then uh you know, you're 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 welcome to it if you want to give it a whirl. Love to see it. Yeah. Um but uh I don't think anything else is going going on uh literary wise i'm reading a lot of rachel cusk the british novelist um i read the, Fleet, the fleetwood mac album is about her no no 
No, that's Rachel Tusk. <laughs> okay. Um, I knew it was about a Rachel somebody. Ooh, sorry, I just got a little chill there because uh, um, the the little mo- notifications panel on my Mac displayed the words "digital humanities." And it, was, it was like a goose walking over my grave. <laughs> digital humanities. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, um, uh, what was I talking about? I was done talking about the novel. Wasn't I? Like that the root of that is, is human oh, Rachel hands. Human hands. <laughs> Digital humanities. Yeah. Fingers of the human. <laughs> I think that's a little uh, uh, like hanky panky with your undergraduates. <laughs> I, I don't know so. how Digital humanities is. It's making me very uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> a little curious. Um, so yeah, uh, the new Rachel Cusk, Rian discovered her, I mean, she had been discovered. <laughs> She's not like the new world. She was, was in already inhabited. Such pile? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I noticed has grown to 100 already. In oh, really? Of, of submissions. Oh my God, I haven't checked it. Um, I'd like to think that most of the people who've been waiting to will do it in the first couple of days and then it will slow to a trickle by the end of February. But we'll who see. knows? You know... When you start promising poets $100, all bets are off. <laughs> yeah, they're coming right to your house. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, Rachel Cusk uh, reintroduced her to our household um, back in the 90s uh, with a book called The Country Life, which is a, um, a, a weird comedy about a governess on a farm in Britain. Um and uh, it's extremely funny. It is weirdly and not appealingly unresolved at the end, but is nevertheless really quite compelling. And um, I think she most famously wrote a couple of memoirs, one about raising children and the other about her her divorce, um, in which she is sort of unsparing in her presentation as herself as being as much to blame as anyone else. So um, I think she's thought to be uh kind of uh eccentric and intense mm-hmm. um but her novels have gotten weirder and weirder they're almost all domestic in some way and in and interior um there's one called Arlington Park which is okay but i, I think sold better than the others about uh about some upper middle class families in i think london and um but there's a, a book called The Bradfield Variations, just about various members of a family um, mm-hmm. and their experiences. There's one called In the Fold, about a guy who, um, after 20 years of not seeing a college, a beloved college friend, goes back to stay with him while his marriage is on the rocks. And then um, the new one is called Outline. And all Outline is is a woman, very much like Rachel Cusk in... Um, in the uh, sort of superficial um, details, is a writer goes to Athens to teach a fiction workshop, and each chapter somebody just talks intensely to her for pages and pages and pages and pages in in speech that sounds nothing in dialogue that sounds nothing whatsoever like real speech. It's complete composed sentences and paragraphs of text between um, between quotation marks. And the narrator says and does almost nothing. Mm-hmm. And she, in the middle of it, you actually are in the, you're in the workshop. And she sits down and says to the people there, 
that for the first session, she wants to hear something they noticed on the way to class today. And the whole chapter is everyone saying what they noticed on the way to class. And it's each person telling some strange story. Um, and it's a fantasy, basically. Just people aren't, don't talk this way, but it is so, it's so utterly transfixing. I was, I'm totally delighted by it. And I was immediately envious of the whole project of it, mm -hmm. which is to, to make it as, uh, you know, as a, as sort of, uh, well, f interestingly fake as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I've, I've, I've looked at outline in the bookstore and yeah. was intrigued, but I didn't, um, get it this next time when i'm in that situation i'll do i'll get it yeah i recommend it mm -hmm. um but anyway i i uh i really i i really like her dedication to rather quiet formal experimentation um mm -hmm. her novels don't take on any obvious shape and i think as a result she's hard to put a hard to uh canal like hmm? like evan canal type you know, or... I I would actually say that's a pretty good comparison. And there's a there's a wry self consciousness to her that is shared by Canel. I'd say. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. yeah, um, yeah, that's a really good point. I think I think if you if you like Canel's novels, especially the odd ones, you'll you'll like uh, Cusk a lot. Mm -hmm. I met her once in a cafeteria at a college, and she seemed completely bewildered by the fact of another writer wishing to meet her. And I, yeah. and I quick, quickly withdrew. Took, took some, took some. Was it a, like a, Was it like you get a tray and push it through the cafeteria and <laughs> was, select was, items? Yeah, it was that kind of that kind of place. It was a, it was yeah. like a. Do it was like a college, a college dining hall. Based no, I don't remember. I don't remember. Cobb salad. Yes. Butterscotch big, pudding. Big big pile of Cobb salad. Giant an extra bowl of large Cobb salad pudding, <laughs> and an extra yeah. small butterscotch pudding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, a little reverie there. You see a dreamy, dreamy look in your eye. This is thinking of things that are in cafeterias. <laughs> um. Anyway, did you have any? Uh, did you go to? Did you attend a Super Bowl party where there are no. uh, the traditional foods of football at, at it? No, I would have. I would have enjoyed doing that, but I. Um, I didn't. Most of my my friends here are um, in, in Seattle. Are Wish the Seahawks well, but are not pro football fans and don't really care about much about the Seahawks. Yeah, more more of a baseball crew here in Seattle. Mm -hmm. Much more excited if it had been the um, the local ball club, the Grand or, Marniers. I think it's they're yeah. called. <clears throat> or uh, yeah, so we uh, I stayed home with Oscar and listened to. Um, couldn't none of our, none of our devices play AM radio? None. I suppose my computer could if I jimmied it a little bit, but our radios don't play AM radio, and the game was not on FM radio. Yeah. So I listened to uh, KEXP, which was uh, the Sunday night rap show, which was playing uh, playing cuts that they were selecting in. They were watching the game, and they were responding to the game <laughs> musically. Um, and uh, and it, it was uh, it was it was very elegiac after they after they lost. It was a lot of a lot of songs about, um, you know, that real life is is full of hard knocks. Yeah, you got to keep your head up, though, John. 
That's what I'm told. That's what I'm told by popular music. A lot of MC Ren. MC Ren? W-R-E-N? MC Ren. R-E-N. No. R-E-N. No. Not the, not the small bird that flits from shrub to shrub. But the, the, as, most as rappers do. Over, but the most frequently overlooked member of NWA, uh, who, has a, who has a nice discography on his own. Um, I went to Mankato, Minnesota this week. Yeah, your email uh, reminded me of that, and I want to know what you encountered in Mankato, Minnesota. What can you tell us about this town? Many pleasant people. Uh, f- a lunchbox, list- lunchbox listener and former Montana Montana alum Rick Robbins, who's been in Mankato, mm-hmm. I think, 25 or 30 years. Um, and um, stayed in a little – I flew into St. St. Minneapolis, St. Paul. Is it, you're going to be doing it again soon. So it's a dry run for it return. It was my preparation for. I now know uh, a nice run of thrift stores in St. Paul. We had <laughs> All to wait. right. There's another poet flying in, uh, Tracy Brimhall, and so we had to wait for her flight. And uh, so me and um, D- David, uh, the faculty spouse who came to pick me up from the airport, we spent four or five hours puttering around St. Paul, going to thrift stores, looking for various things. Sweet. And we went to uh, an iconic diner, Mickey's Diner. I've got it here on my uh, web browser. Which uh, I knew from the final scene in the Robert Altman movie about the Prairie Home Companion. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. The only the only scene not to take place in the theater is uh, a year later after the theater's closed and the the principals have, are meeting for a like a, you know meeting for a cup of coffee. And uh, then death comes in, and they all look up, and that's the end of the movie. Really? Do, yeah. Can you – just an aside here, is that a good movie? It is a good movie. I think especially if you don't know about or know about and don't care or know about and hate the Prairie Home Companion show. Yeah? If you like it or are, in, are neutral good towards it, then yeah. you probably wouldn't like the movie. Why is that? Because it's, it's not really about it. You know, it's not really about the show. It's a, even though it has the title and it's about a radio show, it's not about the radio show. It's about some other version that's a little more cinematically interesting. And it, it's, it's Altman continuing to explore the difference between what things look like and what they sound like. Okay. That's an interesting conception of what Altman does. So there's a does. lot of audio play going on as people are moving around the theater going backstage front st- you know in front of the stage and recording and microphones off mic near mic multiple microphones is the, in the altman way yeah uh, so it's, it's pretty pretty engaging i think all right it's my feeling I, yeah, every altman movie is very good i don't i don't really have i think it's always on to something always i haven't i haven't seen an altman movie that i disliked um i think i've seen a few that I uh, wasn't overjoyed by and and forgot about, but I'm always Mm -hmm. interested in him. So um, my feeling about The Prairie Home Companion is uh, I enjoyed listening to it for some time, and I haven't for some time, and I'm not terribly engaged with it. But suddenly the idea of this movie um, sounds appealing to me. The movie's appealing, yeah. Um, So we we went to Mickey's Diner. 
Yeah. Really waste time. Had a plate of fries and a couple of cups of coffee. Mm-hmm. And it was fine. It was charming. The place is, it's a small trolley car diner that's been there for 70 or 80 years. And if you look at the, the photo from opening day, which is on their website, it does not look any different. There's nothing different about it. Um, except the, the help is a little older. I'm clicking the history tab. Yeah, well, gosh, it's, yeah, it's identical, isn't it? Oh, absolutely identical. Absolutely identical. Uh, but we had to, we had to walk, we were confronted with a, with a, a scene as we parked our car, parked yeah. David's car, um, and, and we're walking up and this uh, older couple, you know, their 50s or so, dressed for the winter, possibly living on the street, or maybe that's just what everybody in St. Paul looks like, uh, fighting, a man and a woman. Uh, I think they were so high that they weren't able to fight very well. Mm. You know, uh, mostly it was p- coat pulling. Engaged in some coat, heavy coat pulling, um, but they were soon. They were on the actual steps of the diner, um, uh, fighting each other. Uh, the the man who turned out to be the husband, um, who was drooling, uh, insisted that his wife had his money, and she said that she wasn't his wife and that she didn't have any money, let alone his. Then she acknowledged that they that she was his wife and maybe she had some money, but it was hers and not his certainly. And anywhere, anyway, where had he been lately? Right. Um, but the fight was real and vicious and the cops came and, um, me and, and, and David, uh, did absolutely nothing. We stood right there <laughs> and did nothing. Didn't do how do anything. you, how do you feel about that, about that choice? No, I feel it was the wrong choice. Oh, really? Yeah. I think were they if, if, were they hurting each other? Fighting, yeah. Well, there was there was there was potential for hurt. I mean, a man was beating a woman, yeah, uh, in front of me, and I did nothing. Yeah. Maybe eventually I would have, but I think you have to. I think, but probably not. If you're not going to do it right away instinctively, then you're not. If your instinct doesn't propel you towards such an action, I don't think that thought and reason will get you in there. Yeah, and I, you know, I think we all like to think we would do uh, the quote-unquote right thing, um, which presumably would be to intervene. Uh, But, you know, then I think of, you know, didn't uh, Colin McCann was hospitalized last year for trying to prevent a guy from beating his girlfriend. No, my my grandfather was murdered. What? My grandfather my grandfather was killed getting in trying to get between people in a fight. I didn't know it that. Was, yeah, it was in the fifties. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Pittsburgh. That's why I've never been to Pittsburgh. Sounds dangerous. <laughs> people die there. Yeah. Family members die there. Um, I didn't I don't think I, I, didn't, I, I didn't want to get I, I didn't want to get stabbed on my way to a poetry reading. Yeah. On the other hand, where, where, when better to get stabbed? And haven't I been at many poetry readings where I earnestly wished that the reader had been stabbed on their way to it? <laughs> and runner-up is that they get stabbed on the way home. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think if as long as you're wishing for one of those, you might as well go all the way and wish that the stabbing occurs during the reading. 
Well, yeah, I figure that the then the host would have to clean up, and the host has usually gone out of their way. You know, yeah. they had to get there early. They don't have to. They don't, it's, it's more than a ho- than a poetry uh, introducer should have to be. Um, have to. They should have to scrub blood. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is outside the job description. It's often a grad student. You know. Yeah. So did, did this experience uh, uh, color your the rest of your time in, in uh, Minnesota? Well, it was the most exciting thing that happened there. <laughs> you mean your poetry reading was not more exciting than the fight? No, the poetry reading was okay. And I was, I was paying attention to whether it was okay because I gave a bad one a few weeks ago and it bothered me. And so I was trying to select more – you know, select better stuff and trying to read it better. Um, I'm going to issue an opinion on that in a moment, but go on. It was not the most exciting part of the of the trip. Um, the first night there, though, I got to uh, we got there early. There was nothing planned, and so I went for a long walk. Walked for five or six miles around uh, the, the the mean streets of Mankato, Minnesota. How big a town are we talking about here? Thirty thousand. Mm-hmm. 30,000. A nice-sized campus. is like Minnesota State University is there, uh, Mankato campus. Um, and it looks about, looks about 19, like 48. Looks sort of, um, doesn't look like 2015 there. I think people are comfortable there, but it, you know, it's, it's built for snow and cold and not for, uh, you know, the exteriors of its buildings, uh, aesthetics. Not the, no, not no, the, no tiki huts is what you're telling me. Mm, no, um, pretty working class. Um, I uh, went into a place called the Wagon Wheel Cafe, which was a nice little diner. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't find a, a page to it, which is often the case in a little place. They don't have a web page. But I did find a page called Midwest Menus. Which yeah. does not well. It does not give any more information about Wagon Wheel <laughs> no. Cafe. Uh, did surprise me with its mere existence, and <laughs> and its very uh, modest promise and business plan. Midwest menus. Yeah, <laughs> um, maybe my favorite thing about this website is on the Wagon Wheel Cafe's page. There's a <laughs> there's a there's like a faded out image of a generic. Yeah. It looks like a hotel dining room in about 1953, and it says, no image available on top of this image, um, yeah. which is to represent all restaurants. The, the po- it's to represent the possibility of an image of a restaurant, which cannot be had. And uh, to the right of that, and along with the address of the Wagon Wheel Cafe and its phone number, um, it says, Wagon Wheel Cafe's menu, printable, colon. And then there's a graphic that says... We are missing this menu. Click here to have us fetch it. Fetch it. <laughs> in in fetch quotes. It. Fetch it. <laughs> I'm afraid to click it because someone <laughs> someone's going to be roused out of slumber. They're going to be panicking. Their hair's going to be sticking out in prongs. They're mm. they're going to jump in their car and they're going to fishtail through the snow yeah. to yeah. find the, the menu. It. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you click on About Midwest Menus, you'll find that MidwestMenus.com is the matchmaker between hungry people and restaurants. 
<laughs> we created MidwestMenus.com so that hungry co- consumers could find what they want to eat wherever they happen to be or wherever they are headed in the great state of Minnesota. We all have a menu drawer at home as well as magnets on the refrigerator, but the menu drawer is limited to only the menus you're able to collect. So now anyone who wants a good meal and wants to know their choices or is just craving a certain cuisine or needs a particular service will have Midwest menus at their fingertips. MidwestMenus.com is the restaurant menu machine that is free fun and available to all to search, enjoy, and enjoy the cuisines and services of their choice. So have fun and eat what you want, wherever you are, as long as it's a patty melt. Yeah. <laughs> Visit, Visit often, often and, tell- and tell your friends about, <laughs> about this free tool. <laughs> Oh yep. no! Some someday someone's going to tell them about Yelp, and they're just going to cry and cry. They're going to cry. The slogan: "Where hungry people find their restaurants." <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm so glad it exists. I wonder when is the last time it was updated. It was never. You have your yeah. own account, though. Never thirty. Oh, yeah, what happens when you click on my account? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to put my phone number into that. Um, well, uh, tell me about the Wagon Wheel Cafe. Before you, uh, before you upload the menu photos yeah. and description into MidwestMenus.com, tell me about the patty melt that you ate. Uh, well, it was large. It was yeah. large. It was wide. Yeah. Uh, and it was, uh, I think the onions were added late, you know, so they yeah. weren't really, um, they hadn't had a chance to soak through the oil uh, of the cheese-like substance, um, which was actually kind of nice. It gave it a little crunchiness. Nice. Like mm-hmm. um, aside from that, everything we ate was near the, uh, near campus sorts of food, Um uh, Except uh, the reception after the reading, uh, again, David, who had the, the faculty spouse who had picked me up from the airport, had spent the day smoking meat and Ooh. had a nice array of smoked ribs, smoked chicken, uh, smoked roast of some kind, and it was worth, worth the trip. The trip was worth it on its own. It was, it was pleasant. But uh, it's nice for there to be some smoked meats at the end of the road. Sure. Especially if you're visiting the town that has that was the site of the largest mass public execution in U.S. history. Tell me about that. Um, I think you have to learn about it before you go to Mankato. Mm-hmm. Because they're not going to really talk a lot about it there. The, uh, um, the hanging site is now the, the library. Um. But it happened in 1862 during the war. Um, the, execu- the, ex- the U.S. military ex- publicly hanged uh, 38 Dakota Indians. Um, they wanted to hang about 300. Of course they did. Um, but uh, pr- President Lincoln um, uh, spared all but 38. God. Uh. Um. Which, which means that he allowed the public execution of thirty-eight innocent Indians. Yeah, what were they supposedly um, supposedly uh, guilty of? An uprising. 
protecting their yeah. land. That's very prejudicial language, Ed. I know. I know. Um, you know, things yeah, that. Yeah, this is, this is a sad story. It is a sad story. Well, it says here the subject. Well, is a lithograph of it so you can see. Yeah. You can see the apparatus required to hang 38 people at the same time. Yeah. They were hung at, yeah. at the. And of course, the whole town came out to observe. Um, yeah, that's um, that's it's horrifying, of course, but um, it's the uh, you know we'll I'll link to this uh, article in the notes, but um, it says the subject of the scene is less the execution itself, which is in fact very tiny and and distant in the scene, and more the orderliness of the troops and citizen onlookers ranged around the execution platform. It's very 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 Midwest, actually. It's sort of like yeah. a. It, it's sort of like a neat collection of um, of restaurant menus uh, piled in a drawer. Mm-hmm. Oh, but, very good. But execution yeah. form. Yeah. Good time. A lot of horses. Him. Thank you. That's I, t- I always try to bring it back around. Mm-hmm. Um, the citizenry are um, less uh, are standing in a less uh, orderly manner than the um, than all the all the soldiers on horseback. They're However, depicted much the way you would depict clouds. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But it's sort of yep. curls of, of shape. And they literally stretch into infinity over there on the right. It's uh it's I wonder how many people were actually there. If this sort of cast the event as as being massively popular. But was it? I think it was. Yeah, I think it was. Mm-hmm. The Mankato Brewery um issued a uh, uh, until I think it cl- the old one closed in the 60s a uh um, like a tray for beer, which showed um, the hanging going on on one side and then uh, people drinking delicious Mankato beer on the other side. <laughs> oh, my God, really? Now, let me see oh, my can... oh, God, I want one of those to disturb my guests with. I actually, I actually have a standing eBay search for um, beer trays, metal beer trays. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Uh, that's 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 that would be a good one. So it's wow. called it's it's called uh Mankato, Mankato or is it Cato Beer? Uh I think it was Mankato Brewery. Here it is. I will uh I'll give it to you. Are you ready for it? All right. Yeah, bring it. Give it to you. Okay. Let's click this. Um oh there it is. Oh my god. Standard brewing beer tray hanging Sioux Mankato, Minnesota. Mm. Sold in sold back in 2007. Standard standard brewing. Okay. Not Mankato. So it, it looks like it's the same it's the very the self-same lithograph. But they have have they added um Images of people enjoying color. beer. I, 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 yeah, I think in the front you see. Uh, I think what's what's been added are some uh, people in carriages, sort of a beer garden in front. Um, Can't believe this! Wow. Hmm. Well, you know, we should we should have uh, we should add. Uh, it would be sort of like um, Im- images of Abu Ghraib. Put a little beer garden in front of those and put that on a tray. Yeah, 
One of the things I'm and fun. One of the things I love about this. Uh, all right, hold on. One of the things I love about this um, story. I guess love is the wrong word. Now I seem to have lost the uh, lost that slate. There it is. This slate piece, but which, by the way, is written by the writer Rebecca Onion, mm-hmm. which is a great name for a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, uh, before the execution, the governor of Minnesota had to beg his people to forswear a vigilante justice against the prisoners. The arrangement of the scene served as proof that this entreaty worked. Mm-hmm. That's not like, not like that. It's like, don't just, don't, don't sloppily. The arrangement of this. These people. Probably much later composed lithograph is shows the orderliness of the people is proof of the humanity of the people of Minnesota in this drawing. <laughs> there, they, there they are. Oh God. Yeah. Here's Enjoying the other one. A little pavilion. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking at the second one now. Yeah. There they are. Enjoying beers. Oh, they've got whole barrels. There's barrels yeah. and, and whole, uh, um, one's empty. Whole boxes of empties. There is. And there's some beer. There's some bottles lying around on the ground. They've been here for a long time, these yeah. uh, these off-duty soldiers. Yeah, they're drunk. They're drunk, and uh, they're enjoying the spectacle of mass murder. Yeah. Government-sponsored mass murder. Yeah. It's yeah. This is, well, uh, pretty thank dark you stuff. for sharing. Pretty, pretty, pretty dark stuff, um, but worth uh, worth knowing about. Worth knowing about. So that's Mankato. I didn't have that experience. I didn't have much beer, and I wasn't uh, uh, executed or implicated any more than I already am in uh, the the history of of uh, um, the not very complicated history of the United States. Uh, but you killed at your reading, if I'm not mistaken. I killed five people at the reading. Well, they charged uh, me with five. They charged me with five. Alleged. So, d- uh, are we going to be uh, able to eat at Mickey's in April? Is it uh, convenient? Oh, yeah, I think our... we could do that. Or we could have a malt. Yeah, we could at least have a we'll malt at Mickey's. That. I don't know if it's convenient at all. Um, it's in St. Paul, which is not Minneapolis. Not exactly Minneapolis. <laughs> But it's kind of hard to tell the difference. Yeah. Oh no. Oh, you shouldn't yeah. have said that. No, it's it, it's it's. I think probably it might be a twenty minute jaunt. I think it's it's on the um, it's on the Minneapolis edge of St. Paul. I yeah. think. Uh, I think we could easily uh, scoot over there. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be worth it. Yeah. All right. I'm all for it. I don't have anything else yeah, to do. Be more morally prepared to intercede. Um, <laughs> so you're gonna go go back to the site of your moral failure and hope another fight breaks out for you to for you to to separate. Yeah, well, you return to the scene of the crime. It's a it's a crime not to help when you can. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, don't be. feel too don't feel too bad about it. I'm okay. Yeah. Um. So that was my my great excitement. Super Bowl, Mankato, um, reading Gulliver's Travels. Yeah, oh, I'm teaching. I'm teaching it. I, I picked up a section of of comp, but it was last minute. There was no time for textbooks, 
Um, and so I was just, I'm just using texts that are in the public domain that are easily accessible yeah. on as ebooks. Yeah, okay. So we did a bunch of fairy tales and Gulliver's Travels, and uh, we're gonna do Jekyll and Hyde, and then that's it. Great. And nobody has to pay. And nobody has to buy anything. If you want, you could buy a two dollar paperback of it at yeah. a used store, but you don't have we to. We send the students over to uh, Gutenberg dot org. Uh, yeah, Gutenberg. I got I got a lot of uh, Jane Austen and Dickens over there. That's a that's an excellent resource. I gave them through the archive.org interface, which incorporates not only Gutenberg but lots of other free ebook sources. Oh, mm-hmm. you mean the Wayback Machine? Archive.org also has the Wayback Machine. That's not the only yeah. thing that it has. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. has the Wayback Machine. That. I think that's their. Did you read the uh, the article in the New Yorker article? Recently? No. A week or two ago. No, no, no I about, missed it. About the. About the Wayback Machine. about Mostly about how even though we think that things last on the internet, they really don't. Um, yeah. And that even the Wayback Machine is very, very spotty. But Yeah. Um, archive.org is a wonderland. You can get Gulliver's Travels. You can listen mm-hmm. to old uh, <clears throat> uh, 78s of... Uh, Gilbert and Sullivan <laughs> operettas <laughs> and every Grateful Dead show. Um, oh, wow. Look at that. That's the real yeah. purpose of archive.org was uh, for tapers. Is that the, is that the, uh, the way it started? I think so. Yeah. yeah. I think that's what the archive originally was, was the, the vault. Yeah, I've, I've actually never been to the homepage of archive.org. I've occasionally looked at stuff on the Wayback Machine, um, and so I usually Google Wayback Machine and then click on the result. But um, but this is great. Texts. There's many texts. Many texts. Texts. Yeah. So I was reading Gulliver's Travels, which I read two parts of back in college, but hadn't read the parts two and three. I read parts one and four. And it is a delight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially part three, where he visits a bunch of different lands, um, where he's not really a physically a stranger. They're just uh, um, uh, places where people are conducting all sorts of strange experiments in, in government and science. Mm-hmm. There's lots of uh, uh, language machines, sentence making machines. There's several several different attempts that people are making in different lands of of. Uh, of writing and trying to compose writing in some way that doesn't require like sit, one person sitting down and writing from their imagination or intellect, yeah. but uh, um, sort of proto computers. Ooh, don't work very well. Yeah, and then the best being uh, um, that's some Ulipo shit right there. Yeah, some scientists who are who are trying to who who have, who have deduced that that the language is too full of holes and too slippery. Um, but since most of the things you need to be trying to say have some physical referent um, that you just carry around a sack of objects and just compose sentences wordlessly out of the objects, uh, <laughs> and that that's that's adequate. But uh, um, uh, but but women and and people on the margins protest that they're not able to speak in their native tongue anymore. Wow. I don't remember this at all. I, I I last read that book when I was a teenager. Yeah. 
the, the voyage to Laputa, the floating island. Lots of, uh, lots of good little sticks. Good sticks. Yeah. All around. Yeah. So how are the students reacting to this, uh, to these archive texts? Um, they are, del they were delighted not to have to buy any textbooks. <laughs> they're so delighted that whatever problems they're encountering with, uh, you know, versions or maybe some of them aren't used to reading on tablets. Most of them are, don't know any, don't know any different. Don't think it's, there's anything unusual about reading something on a tablet or on their phone. Um, uh, any complaints that they have seem to have been mostly muted by the fact they didn't have to pay for them. They're so yeah. delighted not to have to pay for them for for books. It was a community college, so most people are you know, struggling to pay for any of it, um, or aren't paying for any of it. Um, that though, then the books are, in, as you know, uh, especially in other fields. But like for me, I think you know a ten dollar book for a, an English class is not outrageous, but. Um, but the costs for books in other fields are so insane that the cost yeah. of any book is just seen as insane. You yeah. Know? Uh, and is. Well, it's pretty crazy. So yeah, I, I, I think I'm going to keep doing it. I think I'm going to keep doing, uh, try to find free free books. You know. Yeah, I mean, there's, I, I was, uh, my last foray over to, over to Gutenberg, um, I was kind of shocked at how much there was, and then once I downloaded it, the, they're not—they're not wonderfully laid out. Um, no, I—I found myself like—I uh, don't know if we've ever talked. We haven't talked much about eBooks here, but I have a whole system where I—I I use uh, Caliber, the, the free uh, eBook library software, and see it's C A L I B R E, um, and it's a little clunky, but it works pretty well. And will convert anything into anything else. And one of the features it introduced last year was an ebook editor. So you can open up the ebook and you can tweak the CSS, you can tweak the HTML. Because all an ebook really is is a is a, a web page and a wrapper. Um, so the code, if you know anything about coding up a website, um, it'll all be quite familiar to you and you can change things um, according to your to your needs or aesthetic uh, predilections. Um. Uh, so you can go in there and 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 tweak them, uh, the Gutenberg books if you don't like the way they're laid out. Uh, things like spaces between paragraphs, which, boy, boy, can I not stand that? Unless you're yeah. unless it's like you like the like the Jenny Offill novel where the whole book is intentionally like spaces between paragraphs is is an intentional thing. It's a it means something. It has a certain effect. You can't an in, indented paragraphs without spaces between them are not the same thing as paragraphs with spaces between them. They're not interchangeable. Right. And I think the problem is that if we're looking at something on a web browser, uh, say a piece of fiction, non-indented paragraphs with spaces between them are now uh, the standard, simply because it, it's really hard to get book style layout to work. Um, on the web, but mm -hmm. when you've got a tablet in your hand or a Kindle or whatever e-reader you're using, the expectation is is that it will look like a book. And in that more controlled environment, I I, I feel like uh, web style formatting is annoying. So anyway, yeah. um, 
but they're actually pretty good. Like there's not a great deal of scanning typos, the kinds of things that I would expect for free downloads of books. Like I've read three or four Jane Austen novels recently uh, in the Gutenberg versions, and um, they were they're pretty well put together. So mm-hmm. I'm uh, downloading Caliber right now. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. And also, if you if you buy ebooks on Amazon, um, mm-hmm. which I'm mildly ashamed to say that I still do, mostly because you look for bargains. And, yeah, and yeah. also the 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 DRM on the files is on Amazon is I think intentionally weak. So if you load them into Caliber, load the files into Caliber, it will rip the DRM off them, and then you can convert them to anything you want. You can read them on any device that you want, um, which I like. So excellent. Thanks for the. Although my mother box. bought me the new Kindle for Christmas. Yeah. And um, I'm I'm surprised to see that I really really like it. I I uh, I think it's sort of deeply irritating the way it's lashed to the Amazon uh, retail platform. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, not everyone has the patience or time to do the hacky shit that I do, but um, to get any book I want on it. But, uh, but it's pretty, pretty impressive and pleasant to read. And the dots are so tiny. You can't see them. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see the dots. You don't want to see the dots. Too spicy. <laughs> <laughs> but you in the past have have said that it's you find it hard to read uh an ebook you don't you don't like the feel of an ebook but have you have has this class brought you around a little bit or does it still feel to you like a like a greatly diminished experience it has it has not brought me around but i'll try i'll try caliber some of it is is uh, as i'm using free uh you know free text and i don't like the the layout on on my iPad, uh, yeah. so I'll, I'll give this a try. See if this this helps. I, I would I'd like to be able to, for convenience' sake, and traveling. I'm, I'm not I'm not really against it on principle or nostalgia for books. I I have trouble reading books. Yep. And a lot of that is is you know, this 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 year I got glasses for the first time, and I'm still adjusting to the world of wearing glasses, both for distance and for reading glasses. And I'm not sure that I've got it quite uh, evened out. So I still get um, tired and eye strain from from reading. Yeah. Uh, so my my reading problem continues to be the uh, inability to concentrate. Although my only New Year's resolution um, was to dedicate more of my time to reading um, and to not be distracted by um, the internet, uh, which has become a problem for me since I have been reading on an iPad. Um, so now I'm either reading paperbacks or I'm reading on the Kindle. Um, and I think it's working. I think I'm s- slowly yeah. learning how to concentrate again. Um, because now that I, if I want to look at the internet, I have to put the book down and pick yeah. up my phone yeah. to look at Twitter. Yeah. I, I tell you, quitting Facebook and Twitter helps my concentration a great deal. Yeah. Did no, did no wonders for my social life, but <laughs> it's a, uh, yeah. Uh, it's helped with concentrating. Yeah, I, I, uh, I did, I, I did something. Yeah. I, I actually, I, I did something a little bit drastic. I got into an argument with someone on the on this sort of private message board I've been a part of for a decade or so. 
more recording than a decade type. now. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I just got, it made me feel so gross that I just deleted it from my browser and I haven't gone back. And I don't think I'm ever going to. Cause I, cause I realized that the, that the people I, I like from there are, um, I now have access to them in the real world and on, you know, see some of them on Instagram or Twitter. And, uh, um, or when I'm visiting their cities, which I, you know, there's, there's just sort of friends now who live in other cities. And, um, there's just something about internet conversation that lends itself to passionate and pointless hostility. Um, oh, you're not, you're, uh, you're now silent. Simplification and hostility. Yeah. I, I shan't be silent, John. You can't silence me with your tone policing. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, other exciting thing. Oh, everybody in uh, Mankato was talking about this book called Abbott Awaits, but I haven't. Oh I haven't yeah, got it yet. Chris Batchelder. Send me, send me a link to it. His name is familiar to me. It's a guy, right? I think so. There's no yeah. indication if. I, think it's, I assume it's yeah. A guy. I, think it's um, a, I think it's a guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you read him? Uh, I haven't, and uh, I've, uh, I'm waiting to go up to um, Finney Ridge Books to either order it or see if they have it. it says that he, a bear versus shark. I heard about, but I didn't read it. I remember seeing the cover. That's it. Teaches it. Teaches at Amherst, but I don't. You know, and I the description, think I have a, of, the description of the book is not it sort of turns me off. You know, it's a um, uh, a husband who's a professor, and I hate campus books. Um, <laughs> but it's like I think it starts on the last day of the of the school year, and it be, and it ends on the the first day of the following school year. So it's just the summer. The wife's pregnant. They have a couple kids already, um, and it's. Just a ordinary life, which uh, described that way seems pretty skippable. But they were quoting it a lot. Yeah, yeah, um, and I like the quotes. It seems sounds pretty funny. The, it may be a it may be a dud, but uh, um, uh, but I, I liked I liked the way that it lived in Mankato, which is people quoting uh, good passages. That life yeah. of the book is, is pretty vibrant. Yeah. Regardless of the actual text. Well, you know what? This is this is something I was thinking about this when I was reading the Rachel Cusk novel, which had mm-hmm. lots to my mind of quotable things. Like not sort of quotable good yucks shouted across the room, but sort of things you want a a, a really well well-turned sentence that you want to remember. And my notebook was on the other side of the room. Um and I thought I should start to become the kind of person who, when they have a book open on their lap, they also have a notebook in which they can write down things from the book that they think are interesting or beautiful or offensive or something. Um, but here's, here are the two reasons I, I, didn't, do, I didn't do it. Um, one of them was the, the notebook was on the other side of the room and I was seated. Uh, but the other one was uh, I... I think I need to inaugurate 
a notebook just for writing down quotations from things that I'm reading. Because my main notebook is my creative writing notebook. It's the thing that I put original. I, I attempted to put a quote. I put a quote from a book in it. Uh, it's from the, I read the the last of the F- Patrick Melrose um, mm. Mm-hmm. What do you what do you call it? What's a what's a four what's a four bagger? <laughs> um, a te- tetralogy. Tetralogy. All right. Tetralogy. So, it was a, a beautiful, funny, moving, amazing novel by Edward Saint Aubin, and I highly recommend it. Called um, At Last. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wrote. I was writing down a couple quotes from that, and I realized that I felt bad writing, even within quotes, and correctly attributed to Edward Saint Aubin, writing the words of another writer in my special creative writing notebook. It feels like I'm trying, I felt like I was trying to elevate my own work by putting it in the same, uh, between the same two covers as work by someone who has achieved something I would like to be able to achieve. And so I think I'm going to, I think my solution is going to be to start another notebook just for writing down things in books. Uh, A, A commonplace book. Is that what that is? I think so. So, do you do this? And if you do, do you ever look back at it? Or is the writing it in writing it down in the first place the point to sort of burn it into your head? Um, I I don't do it for fiction or long passages of it. I'll in in my in whatever notebook I'm carrying around, I'll sometimes I'll frequently um jot down uh like a short poem or a you know, mid-length poem or a, a passage um, to help memorize it um, or, or to go back to it. Yeah. Um, uh, but not that, not that fr- frequently. I like the idea of it. I know, uh, AJ always has done that um, uh, for 30 years. Um, and I think it, it, it's helped. I, I, I know that it's helped him keep a lot of these uh, – uh, quotes and references at his fingertips, and 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 also just in his. Uh, I think it it helps cement them in the mind. Um, yeah, a great deal. Well, Whether you know, you I've always look been, at the page again. Mm-hmm. I've always been kind of envious of uh, of writers and scholars, the kind of people that mm-hmm. I work with, who uh, you know you're having a conversation and you say something, and and a person suddenly says, "Well, that reminds me of what so and so said." In his mm-hmm. landmark work, such and such, and then mm-hmm. they reel off a quote, a quotation yeah. that sort of, sort of brings what I said into sharper focus. Uh, yeah. And, uh, um, and there's a part of me that would like to be able to do that. Yeah, but of course, it's, it's, it's excellent gamesmanship. Yeah. Um, have we talked about gamesmanship? No. Do you know the actual gamesmanship books? No. Oh, they're fantastic. Yeah? You know the phrase, right? Yeah. But it seems to be there's I Okay, the use according to Wikipedia, the the dubious. There's a, there's a writer named Stephen illegal. Potter. Yeah. All right. Right. Um I think I just sent you a a, a clicker on it. You did? Uh there's these books from the 40s. Oh, that that click's not good. Let me reclick the timeless the the timelessness of Stephen Potter's gamesmanship. Yeah, is that what you mean? I'm on it. Okay, I got it. Yeah. Um, 
Stephen Potter wrote, wrote several several books, including The Theory and Practice of Gamesmanship, and then several um, sequels, which include things like uh, Marginalia Ship, uh, Tennismanship, uh, which are, are ways of, of uh, one-upsmanship uh, in, in uh-huh, any field, uh-huh. little tricks that you can do to, um, to win, little gambits <laughs> that you can always use. Yeah. Uh, uh, one of my favorites is, is, is a, a chapter on marginalia ship, where you, um, uh, if you know that somebody's going to, like, if you're, if you're about to lend a book to somebody, make sure that you've got, uh, you know, enough exclamation points and reallys and, um, <laughs> you know, some like little Latin quotation, little uh, um, Latin annotations um, throughout, underline strange passages at, at random, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so you can so you can win that a transaction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah I guess I, you know I I'm not being disingenuous when I say I'd like to be able to do that. I think I would like to be able to do it and then not do it because <laughs> have the pleasure of refraining. The, yeah, exactly, the exactly. Little, it's mm, because be because the sound I think of that. <gasps> I think having having the having the the, the words of others in my no. head uh mm. would maybe make make life a little bit richer the my life would, of would. reading and conversation a little bit richer yes. um but i think it it is it is probably a rare example of of spontaneously quoting from memory some book you've read that it's a rare that example of it that um that actually enhances a, a conversation um, but I do, you know, my, my envy is not the the sort of social result of someone else saying doing that. As but... Chesterton once wrote, <laughs> in the words of the immortal bard. <laughs> you know, I did do. I did. Uh, Milton I, said I, it best, perhaps when. <laughs> I actually have. Uh, Chuck boy, Berry I... hit it on the nose when he. <laughs> <laughs> now that would make me listen. Um so I have solved I've solved a big life problem. Oh good. And I'm really excited and it involved speaking of inaugurating a new notebook, it involved inaugurating a new notebook. Ooh. Um so I have to attend a lot of meetings at yeah. work. But yeah. my program, the creative writing program, is but a small part of the larger English department at the college where I teach, and thus a lot of the business that is transacted in meetings that I attend has nothing to do with creative writing. And um, so I try not to tune out entirely, but often I do. I just sort of daydream. And then I'll be called upon for some kind of opinion, and I'll be made a fool of by betraying the fact that I wasn't paying any attention at all. So I decided to bring – I was going to bring a notebook to the meetings, and I was going to take meeting notes. But what I realized was – then I realized that was worthless, and the things that people were saying were of utter irrelevance to my creative life or and my professional life, and that there was no point in writing them down except to aggressively decontextualize them and turn them into a form of – Somewhat boring, yeah. but fun to compose literary art. Sort of a more active way of tuning out. Right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm listening now because it's a project now. I'm just grabbing interesting sounding phrases mm-hmm. and I'm adding them to the notes. 
And then I'm wait, you know, say one takes the form of the beginning of a sentence, and then I just wait, wait several minutes until something else says that I can plug in to the end of the sentence, and uh, lo and behold, I've got a, uh, you know, I've got a new sentence that its meaning was not intended by anyone in the meeting, but is composed of words that were actually were actually said there. So mm -hmm. I'm I'm gonna I'll, I'm gonna read. The example, uh, government without a good reason, this much of a cheerleader, the front line reduced the number. <laughs> they used to have the pin system, scientists lining up. There's no teeth in that to the extent that we are seeing outside. What about a toaster? The end of October can't get in. By clicking, you move. You need to take, drop the stuff. Whatever else is breathing down your neck, breathing down your neck, the smart and sexy, they are hungry. Want to be draconian? The part where we allow, we are liberal, the minor observations, engaging in foreplay, the Swiss cheese department. Heuristic may go by a suitably exalted level. Very so good. On. Very right? good. Yes. 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 I have, I have solved meetings. Yeah. <laughs> I've solved meetings. Yeah, you've won meetings and created a very fine poem. <laughs> yeah, thank you. thank you. Yeah, bag it and tag it. Send it to Okie Banky. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, by the way, one thing I loved, I in my memory, that phrase, bag it, tag it, send it to, you know, insert name of, of uh, publication. It's always the New Yorker. Through. Yeah, yeah, the New Yorker. Get sent it to the New Yorker. Yeah, but that came in my memory. That came from David Gilbert. Is it, is that your memory of it? Uh, my memory is it's Kittredge. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. <laughs> but it could have been in a converse, in a conversation between the two. Yeah. Um. One thing I always liked about saying that is that um, it sounds it sounds like you're talking about a dead body. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, to bag it and tag yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose it's, it's probably deer hunting. Yeah. So probably a deer hunting, elk hunting, but the sending of it well, that's is, interesting. Uh, yeah. is unusual in any context, really. Yeah, bag it, tag it, yeah. send it to, to anyone. Yeah, in the in the tagged yeah. bag. Yeah, send it to the cat in the hat. Bag it, tag it, send it to the cat in the hat. <laughs> he likes a bag, and a tag, and a tug job. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> you know that's in there, deeply buried. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Well, you do you want to uh, you want to wrap this? I have uh, I have very little else to to add, uh, food wise, book wise, personal life wise. I think everything's it's raining here. It's going to be dark. One thing that we had, I decided. Um, I was having a little bit, a little bit of back pain, a little lumbar pain, and so I took some old OxyContin that had been laying around Ooh. And, uh, on the airplane. Uh, <laughs> it's so laying a, around, eh? <laughs> well, left over from uh, from Jill's pregnancy. They, they, they <laughs> sent her home with a <laughs> sent her home with a bottle of pills that we never use. Right. Um, and so now uh, I'll break out one when uh, my back hurts really bad, and then. Uh, uh -huh. Usually makes it go away. 
Um, and it's uh, it's not that strong. It's not it's makes not the whole worth... makes the whole world go away. Ed. No, it's not. It's not this 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 formulation is not strong enough to um, to warrant breaking into your granny's house. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, it's right. time released and smaller dosage. So, but it still makes me a little loopy. And I, I but I decided in my my airplane reverie on a lot in seat. 10C uh, Alaska Airlines between Seattle and Minneapolis. The 2015 was going to be the year of picnics. <laughs> and I hope that, that I hope that you and, and anyone listening will join me in making 2015 once the weather gets a little better. The year of picnics. All right, I'm 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 on board. Will you make with a little that. effort? Will you go out and have a picnic? Yeah, I, I like I like picnics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I uh, um we you know we we've got we're in the middle of a getting a foot of snow i'm gonna spend my afternoon today's um, not a not a shoveling it but you know i think it will i think it will help my um it will help my my winter agony uh to contemplate the picnics that i will that i'll have in in 2015 yeah yeah a sweet sunny spot a blanket spread out yeah yeah maybe 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 dappled, dappled sunshine. Dappled sunshine. Yeah, leaves smoked, rustling in the smoked trout. Got the samovar yeah. is out. Garrison is strumming his guitar. Garrison. Garamin was character from Uncle Vanya. It's always oh. at the edge of at the edge of the picnic, strumming his guitar. <laughs> nice, nice so. gamesmanship there, Ed. Well, I believe it was Chekhov. Ooh. Are you hungry for lunch? Well, then let's have lunch. Do you want some lunch? Well, then we'll give you some lunch. Do you have a hankering for lunch? Well, then come to lunch. Cause it's time for lunch. Box with Ed and John. That's right. It's time for lunch. 